Welcome to the Life Gets Better Now podcast with Mary Hayes Greco. On today's show, we continue our Kitchen Mystics series, and we're looking at churched or unchurched, how Christ consciousness can be part of your spiritual journey. I'm producer Erin Warhol, and I'm here with author and spiritual teacher Mary Hayes Greco. Hi, Erin. Hey, Mary. So we are taking on a subject right now, and I'm really excited about it because I've heard about Christ consciousness, and I've explored it a little bit, but there's a lot of questions and unknowns, and I'm really curious to hear you talk more about Christ consciousness. Just to begin with, what? how do you even define it? <laughs> I'm really curious to hear me talk about it, too, <laughs> because it's hard to define, Yeah, and I feel like it's something I know natively, and I've had exposure to in many, many, many group uh, spiritual experiences over the years. I feel like there's been moments where I go, ah, yes, this is what we're talking about. This mm. is it. This is that Christ consciousness. So, and, you know, we're we're tapping into this because the winter holidays are yeah. approaching, and, you know, Christmas is the Christian holiday, and um, we're thinking a lot in our current podcasts about spirituality versus religion and, you know, the uh, recent data that shows there's more people that are unchurched Mm -hmm. than there were before, that that there's some shifting sands around how many people go to churches and and yet how many people are actually living spiritual ways, that's increasing. So Yeah, isn't that interesting? I know. So it is very interesting. And I think um, for some people, if you're not a practicing Christian, and the Christian holidays are in your face for mm-hmm. six weeks in mm-hmm. uh, um, you know all their different permutations. Uh, you could you could start feeling kind of alienated, like, well, mm. you know, why is this just why is this the thing? And you know, I don't know, and I'm not feeling it. But um, anyway, I feel like Christ consciousness is something that's kind of like the fabric of attitude and light and energy that's underneath all that Christmas time uh, spirit that's mm. rising and rising and rising and then peaking and culminating at uh, Christmas Eve and, and um, Christmas Day. And so there's something that I think uh, not just Christians tap into, but all of us tap into at this time of year when we're trying to remember, you know what, we, we're trying to remember what we always forget. Okay. And what we always forget is that we are one. Oh. We, human beings, humanity, are actually one being, one thing. And we are always dealing with issues around separateness. Yeah. And conflict and, you know, am I better than you? Are you better than me? Mm-hmm. Are we different than each other? Are we going to, you know, who's going to win? All this sort of thing. And there's this, this time of year where we take a, a pause, kind of like... In that story about World War One or two, where World there was War a pause yeah. in the fighting, and the British and the Germans, I think it was, you know, stopped fighting for on Christmas on Eve. Christmas Eve and shared whiskey and and cookies and showed each other yeah. their family photos and they paused it to say, you know what, I'm coming over there to give you this cookie because we are actually the same. Wow, you're a yeah. young soldier guy like me. We are actually the same. So I think. There's this uh, this 
pulse and drive towards unity that cycles around and and comes into our awareness at Christmas time that uh, is asking us to remember that we are one. And so what you're saying too is that this is there's a universality to this impulse. It's not just one it's not just one religion or it's not just Christi- Christianity, but you're saying that Christ consciousness is something that all people can tap into. That's our word for it, for, um, you know, having grown up Christian, we can call it Christ consciousness. But, you know, and the Buddhists take vows, the bodhisattvas take vows that say, may all beings be happy. May I dedicate all my actions and attitudes towards uh, the one, the realization of oneness. You know, the, the Buddhists have their version of that. And there's a, there's a, a prayer from the yoga tradition that's says something to the effect of, may all beings be happy, may we all love and serve each other, may we all become enlightened, Mm. may my enlightenment serve your happiness. Now, that's saying something, that's saying, oh, why do I care if my enlightenment serves your happiness? It's Mm -hmm. because we're the same, we're the same, Mm. we're part of the same thing. And I remember when I was growing up Catholic, um, I'm a mystical Catholic these mm-hmm. days, not a church-going <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> so I, I kept I kept the roots and I kept Jesus and Mary, but I don't go to church. So anyone who's just tuning in, I'm, that's what I'm saying here. Yeah, I'm saying that. And in catechism in second grade, I remember they were teaching me about the mystical body of Christ, mm-hmm. and. I'm thinking, well, you know, Aaron, I was in second yeah. grade, okay, <laughs> I'm seven, and, you know, yes, uh, I'm a philosopher, but I don't know that I really could get my head around that yeah. in, in second grade. The mystical body of Christ? The church is the mystical body of Christ? What does that mean? You know, is Jesus walking around with his dusty feet in the desert healing and teaching? Yeah. And then there's me in Chicago in my classroom in our uniforms, and we're trying to be the mystical body of Christ. What does all that mean? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, and there are, there are, a friend of mine told me once that there are 19,000 versions of Christian expression, like Isn't different churches. And when you want to get it down to all the tiny, tiny little yeah. churches that you see in in, sit in urban neighborhoods everywhere, there's 19,000 different ways besides the great big denominations to, to be a Christian. And so there's 19,000 versions of Jesus, mm-hmm. and there's 19,000 versions of, you know, what you can and cannot do to be a good person. There's all of that stuff around Jesus and Christianity and whatever. But in the end, there's something very potent and deep and wide that's about his message mm-hmm. of love and forgiveness and um, service to one another. And I think the mystical body of Christ that I was taught about as I was growing up in a church is saying, you know what, there's a little spark of that light in every single one of us. Oh, there's yeah. a little spark of that divine awareness of union with God in every single one of us. And as we waken up to it, the mystical body kind of knits itself together and becomes more and more aware and coherent. Oh, I, I love how you're expressing that. That makes a lot of sense. And I can feel I can feel it. And I think as we talk about the kitchen mystic and being a kitchen mystic, which we, is sort of an everyday 
person on the spiritual path. Yeah, a mystic is someone who has a direct experience of the divine Mm -hmm. and uh, that cultivates their own sense of cosmology and what's true, your own theology, your own uh, doctrines of living, based right out of your own life in the kitchen or with your friends or, you know, the experiences you've been brought through. That's all cultivating our our sense of what's true and what's real and what's good. So a mystic is someone who uh, can uh, experience something of uh, an intimate knowing with God in a moment. In a moment. And and it seeps into your heart and becomes part of your spirituality. So this time of year, the winter holidays, Christmas, this is when this is very alive for people on kind of it's around us and it's in us. And so that... That's why we're more focused on it this time of year. Well, yes, in theory, and, that, and that's why we have all the all the Christmas music and all mm-hmm. the uh, uh, images of light, light yeah. in the darkness, and yeah. you know, there's just such a hodgepodge of stuff that goes on at Christmas, right? Yeah. You're talking about that in the last <laughs> podcast. We were talking about, you know, make a holiday that you like. Yeah. You can't do every last thing around Christmas, you know, maybe you don't want to do the commercialism thing. You know, maybe you're not Christian. You don't want to do the the Christian. Jesus thing, you know, there's there's just so many different ways of participating. We need to pick our own way, but I think we can all pick the way that says uh, goodwill Good towards will. all. Goodwill towards all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, peace on earth, goodwill towards all. It's a, it's a time when we affirm that, you know, and last year I watched um, the, on New Year's Eve, I watched the, the New York um, oh, yeah. Times Square thing for yeah. the first time. And and it got to midnight, and they played Imagine by John Lennon. Yeah. And I guess they do that every year. Is that I, true? I don't know. I think someone told me that that's now the tradition. I sure would hope so. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I was looking at this Times Square with a gazillion people who are, yeah. you know, drinking and f- laughing and throwing things in the air and hugging each other and th- children and friends and stuff and partying. And then... And then they played John Lennon's song "Imagine" mm-hmm. for the whole crowd at midnight. I just and and people are looking at that around the world. Yeah. I think, oh my goodness, that's such an affirmation. Yeah, you know, imagine you know all the people living life in peace. Yeah, you know, just and and just this very simple little uh, invitation that yeah. John Lennon put out in that song that is still alive and maybe even gaining um, more purchase as it goes along. So Christ yeah. consciousness. That's what okay. I'm saying. That's, that's it's cra- in that song. It's that's, in Imagine. It's in the crowd in Times Square. Even could, though there's a lot of bobbing up and down and kissing and <laughs> smooching and drinking whiskey, there's also the Imagine song at midnight. That's Christ consciousness. So talk a little bit more about that. Like what? And I'm and I hate to be so tangible here when we're talking okay, about okay because Christ I haven't tried to talk about this before, Erin. This <laughs> but is it's my like less developed thought. For where a we're... person who's like, how does it show up in a person's daily goings on? I mean, because I I I sort of get what you're saying too about like especially this time of year and in mm-hmm. the northern. Uh, part of the country like we're in, it's dark, you know, there's a lot of darkness. Mm -hmm. And so it's really about tuning into that light, that light that is in us and bringing that out. But I, you know, tell me more. Well, I I think that is the gift of the darkness, actually, Uh is that, you know, you don't uh, think about light while you have a lot of it. Yeah. You you think about how beautiful it is when it's getting darker all around you. 
And it's got kind of like you don't think about how wonderful it is to be healthy until you've had a very severe right. illness. Yeah. And you've, you know, been really compromised for many weeks. And then you come back and like, wow, I didn't know how good it was. I didn't know how good yeah. everything was. So I think the easiest thing for all of us human beings to do is to forget. We we forget our best truths. Yeah. We forget our our best good habits. You know, we were going to do this. That's why all the New Year's resolutions come around again, and everyone <laughs> yeah. really remembers for about six weeks, and then we forget, mm-hmm. you know? So that's like, that is the easiest thing for people to do, is to forget, forget. Their, best, their best intentions. And so I value the winter light holidays uh, coming around once a year, so that I remember... Um, I remember my own values. I remember that basically pretty pretty non-materialistic, non-commercial for me, you know, I do some little, little bit of gift giving, but I don't mm-hmm. I will not let myself get crazy or tense mm-hmm. about it. It's not what it is. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I go shopping, which I really don't like to do that much, but mm-hmm. when I go out, I think, okay, you're going shopping. Now, the point of this right now is generosity and and abundance and sharing and friendliness and yeah. goodwill. So Mary, you are not allowed to get really, <laughs> really cross and impatient and cranky and mad at someone who's ahead of you in line. You're just not allowed to do it. You have to do the goodwill thing, Mary, because this is, you know, the Christ consciousness time. Okay. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> so I tell myself, I'm only going out shopping if I can, you know, remain an emissary of goodwill while I do it. <laughs> and if I start hating everyone and yeah. everything because, oh, my God, I hate shopping. And, oh, my God, that person is really stupid over there. It's time to go home. You know, it's yeah. just time to go home because I'm not helping anything. You know, I'm not making peace on earth while yeah. I shop <laughs> if oh, I have that that's attitude. That's great. That's beautiful. And that, that kind of helps me understand something. You don't have to suddenly become an enlightened being walking the earth, but you're saying that you can, in your own way, just really align with those values. And as you're going about your business in a very, very tangible on the ground way, say, am I, am I exuding goodwill here? Yeah. Am I living this? And if, and if you're Christian, there's nothing wrong with saying, this is the time of year I actually do some unconditional love and forgiveness in my family life. You know, that was Jesus's central message. He walked around talking about unconditional love, being unconditional love, yeah. talking about it and about forgiveness. That was like the core thing that he brought here and as part of loving each other. We have to learn how to learn that. You know? yeah. So uh, it's a great time of year to see who you are ticked off at <laughs> in your family, who you're yeah. about to you know, spend uh, Christmas Eve with or something. And do it, live it, do the work, be a Christian, forgive that person, mm-hmm. you know, do that, go there. So I think it's great that there's a cycle of the year and, you know, the winter holidays cycle around every year. Yep. And um, I've been developing my own traditions over the years, so I'm getting to kind of um, look forward to it. I don't dread it anymore. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I think I think I'm kind of growing in my understanding of this Christ consciousness in terms of what it means as on the spiritual path. And I think I want to ask you to 
tell another story where you've experienced it so I can take that in. But first, I would like to say a few more things about you, Mary Hayes Greco, (laughs) because you're a spiritual teacher, you're a forgiveness expert, you're you're an author, you have two wonderful books, and we've been talking about The New Kitchen Mystic, a companion for spiritual explorers. You also have Unconditional Forgiveness, a simple and proven method to forgive everyone and everything. Both of those books are great, and they're very helpful for anyone on the spiritual path. You're the director of the Midwest Institute for Forgiveness Training. And so you've got just tons of like rubber meets the road experience, (laughs) helping people like knock down these troublesome stories and forgive people, learning how to forgive people. Well, you know, it's true. It's true. (laughs) It's all true. Oh, no. Pshaw. Pshaw, Erin. But no, actually, it's true. (laughs) I've been doing that for a long time. And it's just so great every time it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take a moment and acknowledge our sponsors. Uh, the Life Gets Better Now podcast is brought to you by the energy and attitude of unconditional love. Unconditional love is there for you. It is in abundant supply and it wants you to thrive. And by the new definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness is releasing an expectation and it's causing you to suffer. Excellent. Okay, so we're talking about Christ consciousness, which is a spirit of loving unity that expresses itself, especially at this time of year. And I would like you to give me some more examples or a story or something that helps me understand it. Even okay, more. I, I will. I also, I think I'm going to just say some words because mm-hmm. uh, even we're talking about consciousness, it's not something yeah. you can put into words. It's yeah. an experience. It's a thing, right? But we, but we use words like the finger pointing at the moon. Right. Right. So um, I was just with my uh, granddaughters yesterday, and we were making bookmarks for people for Christmas presents. For oh, that's Christmas cute. Eve. Yeah. And I gave them my list of soulful qualities, like the one that you've seen yeah. in my workshops all the time, and I had them pick out their four favorite words. Oh. And circle them. They're twins. So with unbeknownst to each other, they picked out like three of the four same oh, words from the list of 60 words. You know, that was, <laughs> that was kind of cute. <laughs> but... Um, but it was it was great to see them kind of, you know, wag their tails enthusiastically at 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 the beautiful words. And so they mm-hmm. picked light, mm. love, peace. One of them picked humor, and one of them picked power. Oh, so, I love it. Yeah. But if we think about Christ consciousness, okay, it's um, we tap into it. It is like a it's like a field of light and energy that we occasionally breathe in. We mm-hmm. occasionally tap into it, and our consciousness stretches out into mm. it, like into an ocean, into a warm, lovely ocean. And when you, um, when you are in that moment, your heart is open, your mind is still, you feel nothing but goodwill and blessing towards other people. Mm. You feel safe. You wish to serve and bless and love that's just your wish you become you become love oh. and you it also comes with it a uh, kind of a peaceful detachment it's not like passionate caring juicy you know <laughs> <laughs> lover kind of love it's 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 really a, a spiritual form of love i think christian uh, theology calls it agape love mm-hmm. um, so it's it's a way of you know, tapping into this space that is love 
and that's inside you, and you are it, and you are in it from time to time in a way that you can recognize. So, so there's words like that we can think of. It's that's it's great. the words around peaceful detachment, encouragement, bliss, service, blessing, thriving, um, um, unity, being being the same, seeing yourself in another person. So, so here's a story for you. Great, yeah. that that was beautiful to hear that. That's really thank helpful. you. I was just trying to. I was just trying to put words on feeling it, you know. Yeah. 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 All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I think I'm going to go to uh, Christmas Eve Midnight Mass, too. I, f- I always feel like there's a moment there where yeah. something happens and whew, it just happens. You, know, oh, you stretch yeah. out into that space, that vast, that vast, timeless space with a bunch of other people. So anyway, uh, so there I was. I was teaching forgiveness. Like a maniac, <laughs> I was kind of a zealot, kind of a zealot for a while, teaching forgiveness workshops. And I was so honored to be invited by um, one of our large local Catholic churches, St. Joan of Arc, to be the community um, speaker. Oh, They, they would have community uh, people uh, give the homily. Yeah. So they're kind of a, a people's church, you know. And I was so honored because... Wow, I'd never given a homily in church before. Mm-hmm. And when I was a little girl, I used to really want to be a priest. I mm-hmm. used to ask my parents, why can't I be a priest when I grow up? And yeah. they would give me some really, really shabby explanation <laughs> that didn't hold any kind of water at all. And what are you talking about? So I thought, you know, gosh, I, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a priest. I could really feel myself, my hands holding that chalice and holding it up and praying. And I could feel all that. I could be that. I could be that person, but I couldn't in this church. So anyway, so I was very honored to be invited to give the um, the uh, sermon, and uh, I came there with my my husband and our best friends and our two daughters, oh. and they were going to watch me give the sermon. Nice. Yeah, it was kind of a big moment for me to give a sermon in the Catholic Church, having been raised a little Catholic girl. So anyway, I labored over this sermon. Uh-huh. I I wrote the best best talk ever. <laughs> it was so good. You know, I, I really wrote it. I wrote yeah. it within an inch of its life. You know, it was had all the perfect words and examples and stories. Mm-hmm. And I was going to get up and give this, you know, 15, 20-minute sermon. And I went to get up there, and I stood up at the, at the lectern. I looked down at my notes. I looked up into the beautiful churchy space. It was kind of dimly lit, and everyone was quiet and waiting for me to speak. Yeah. And I looked around, and you know what? Everyone had the same eyes. Really? Every single person, I mean, they were blue and brown and different colored eyes, but I looked up, and I saw, I didn't see 500 people in the South Minneapolis church. I saw the mystical body of Christ. Wow. I saw that one being looking back at me from the eyes of the 500 people. And I was so stunned by feeling like I was looking at God in man, so to speak, God in us. I could see it. I could see this one being inside all of these people that were sitting there waiting for my sermon that I was a little bit struck dumb for a moment. (laughs) And then... I opened my mouth and I gave a completely different sermon than I wrote. Because, you know why? Because I was standing in that Christ consciousness. I saw it in everyone out there. I saw that we were all one being with with the same the same God in everyone's mm-hmm. eyes. 
and just, you know, different bodies, different, it's almost like cells in a body. Yeah. You're, you have a gazillion different distinct cells in your body. You have brain cells and blood cells and lung cells and bone cells, but it's one you. It's Aaron. Right. And every single cell in your body is vibrating with Aaron, you know, mm-hmm. Aaronness. Well, that's what I saw when I opened my eyes or looked around at this church crowd. I saw, oh my God. These are like all like cells in a body, but we're all the same thing. We're all the same person. So then I dropped into my heart and, and spoke this, this sermon mm-hmm. right from my heart into those eyes, and I don't even know what I said. Wow. But it was very potent because yeah. I was speaking from me to me, yeah. you know, about us, the, yeah. the greater us that we are all trying to become. And... and I could hear my ego in the back of my brain. <laughs> it was going, wait a minute. You weren't going to say, wait a minute. What about that? What You didn't define this. What about that story? What, wait a minute. What are you talking about? You don't, Oh, man, you never said that before. What does that even mean? I could hear my ego like <laughs> heckling. just heckling me, <laughs> jumping up and down in the back of my brain because it was really ticked off that I wasn't giving this perfect human yeah. you know, uh Exalted. written piece that I had yeah. was so proud of, you know. And I was just in this flow of speaking mm. from this this Christ consciousness space. Oh, that is so cool. Into Mary. that space. I know. I know. And then but I'm I'm such a I'm such a young person really. I mean it's <laughs> such I can really experience my young soulness very often. I was I sat down and I was feeling mad that I didn't get a chance to like do this. Oh. This thing that I'd written, you know, I labored over. My ego was so close. It was right there. So then I thought, well, that's ridiculous because people are coming up and they're hugging me and pressing my hands. Yeah. and saying, oh, that was amazing. I felt like every word was for me. I felt oh. the love of Christ in my heart while you were talking. And I'm getting all this feedback that, wow, I had just delivered. But my ego was like, well, I didn't plan on that. I yeah. didn't know I was going to do that. I, I've learned since this was 20 years ago. Now I really let that happen, and I know that's what's supposed to happen, is, right. to, is to actually my words are supposed to help me stand aside and let something come through, you know. But then I went to give the sermon at the second Mass, because it was two <laughs> in a row, and I thought, you know what? I'm giving this thing. I'm writing this. I'm, I'm saying this stuff. I got up there. I looked at my notes. I looked up. The same thing really? happened. I looked up and I saw Christ and everybody looking back at me. I saw the God self, the the love, the 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 who we are in everyone's eyes. And the same thing happened. I channeled a completely different talk really? for this group. Again, my ego was kind of going, "Are you kidding me? Oh, come on." <laughs> You were gonna, you were gonna do. Oh boy, this is this is all weirder and better and worse than you ever thought. You know, in terms of <laughs> who I was trying to be as a teacher. So anyway, like I said, that was twenty years ago. I learned. Well, that's what. That's good. That's that's good that's that good. that happened. You trust, yeah, you're trusting the flow. Of I it. stepped into the yeah. energy and I let the energy do the words, oh, and I do that's that now. Cool. But but the point is not that. That was a learning moment for me. The point is, I saw in that moment the unity. Mm-hmm. Of all of us, mm. and it was it stunned me, and it and it made me remember the second grade teaching, the mystical body of Christ. I'm like, oh, that's wow. what they were talking about. That's we're so all part cool. of one being. And you know, I love that that seed, that phrase was planted in you as a little girl, and that you got an answer to what it is as a woman giving this 
uh, the sermon. I mean, that's just a great full circle moment, you know? I know. Well, we were talking about that recently when we were talking about um, spirituality and religion. Yeah. That, you know, if you were raised in a strong religious context of any kind, Mm -hmm. there's good bones there. You know, there's really good stuff there. And some of those better angels and values are going to stick with you for your whole life, even if you find other things that you need to walk away from. There are things that, you know, that uh, religion really gives us uh, some strength and some um, uh, focus around what we think is good and what we want to be about. So that's funny. And see, I have I have this thing when I was a little girl and my grandma Lily, uh, she was a pastor's wife and she spent a lot of time with me and my sisters growing up talking about the Lutheran faith and different things. And she would always talk about the second coming. And my little girl self, I don't even know how old I was, maybe I was seven. Um, I, when she would say that, I knew that it meant within each and every one of us. You knew that. I knew it. And I thought, where did, where did that come from? Because that wasn't exactly how she was framing it. Right. She was saying Jesus is going to come back at the yeah. end of the world and take all the good people with right. him. And she, yeah, she it, was, it was saying that, and she hoped she would be alive for it. Right. And but you actually got the deeper esoteric meaning I, in I that. Yes. I don't know, but I, 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 and I have that memory. You know, I, I, like, there was an energetic quality to it that just was like, oh, this is true. Yes. You know, this is true. And, and I'm going to be this. about that. Yeah. And I'm going to remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, Mary, this has just been a joy to hear you talk about Christ consciousness and sharing your experiences. And I think what I really appreciate about it is when you kind of go into them and describe them in detail, it really brings a full picture for me. So it, I feel like it really gives me and anyone who's listening a lot to uh, take in. So that's a very nourishing meal you just delivered there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. And thank you for asking me those questions, because really, it it is a hard thing to put into words, and I haven't really tried to put it into words I think you did a good job today. Well, good. I I I felt I felt it. So, excellent. Mm, Nice. All right. Well, thanks for listening, uh, all you kitchen mystics who are with us on this journey. We really appreciate it. And I just want to mention a few things. All of our podcasts are available on the website at lifegetsbetternow.com. You are welcome to send us an email to forgivenesstraining at gmail.com. And uh, we want to say thanks to our sound engineer, Daniel Zamzow. For the Life Gets Better Now podcast, I'm producer Aaron Warhol. And I'm Mary Hayes Greco. You just kick that door.